This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. A sunny January day in Phoenix, Arizona, and you know, we moved here from Colorado in July, and I'm still getting used to the, the, the blessed idea of not having to deal with snow <laughs> like we did in Colorado. And, you know, usually January, you can get 10 degrees and plenty of snow in Colorado Springs. So I'm loving it here. It's pure sunshine, 70 degrees through the window, and got my friend Ramon with me, so we're, we're making it happen. And, and I want to start just by sharing, I do counseling with individuals and couples and about a month ago I did counseling or an intensive a two-day intensive with a couple and they they came in from from out of the area and the second day is usually about healing and sometimes we do I'll do some praying with with the couple and that second day of the intensive in the morning um, I start leading them in prayer and in the moment I started praying. We all we all look at each other, and, and the wife looks at me and goes, "Do you feel this?" And I said, "Yeah, I feel it." The presence of God filled that room, and it was just such a beautiful thing. And I, I love it when the Lord shows up like that, and 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 then graces us with His presence, and He did a marvelous work of healing. So if if you ever think of you know. An indiv- you're an individual, you're a couple, or, or whatever you want. You know, we do offer counseling and we offer intensives. The intensives are exactly what they sound like. It's two days of intense counseling, 10 hours worth, but you can make a lot of progress in a short amount of time. And so we work at helping you rebuild the structure of your relationship, help you rebuild the structure of your relationship with God, and then also moving into the healing issues, healing issues of the heart, healing issues in your marriage, communication issues. So I really want to encourage you, if, if you're struggling with any these things, and especially if you're in a marriage that has been torn up with pornography or any kind of sexual sin, adultery, give us a call or contact us and we, you know, we do one-hour counseling sessions over the phone, also in person in here in our offices in Chandler, Arizona. So that's always available to you. I do have a few announcements. So next month, February 20th, 2021, in Jamesport, Missouri, we're having our Rogue Christian Conference, and I'll be leading that. And there will be a time of equipping and community and healing and spending time praying together and, and really going to war also in prayer for our country and for each other. And 
I really want to challenge you to come to that. That'll You'll find that to be a tremendous blessing for you. And we just announced the schedule of our retreats for 2021. So in June, we're going to have our men's retreat and our wives' retreat, two separate retreats, and those will be held in Beulah, Colorado. It's a beautiful, pristine mountain retreat. There's eight bedrooms with two beds each. So we're not talking about a group of 100 people here. I always like to keep these retreats small. Uh, we get a lot of good good response, great results when you have smaller groups versus having a big number in, although you know that doesn't mean we wouldn't do something larger in the future. But So the men's retreat is for men only, and then we walk them through, we walk you through a uh, process of restructuring your lives, but there's times of sharing. And in the afternoon of all of our tr- retreats, you get to spend time alone with the Lord. So usually from lunchtime to around 5 o'clock, it, you get to enjoy the mountains. It's a beautiful area. And I walk you through and help you understand how to listen to God, how to connect with Him, how to seek His face, how to rest with Him. And a lot of people have healing just from that time in the afternoon alone. And so that can be a big game change in your life. And people have come to those who have seen healing. And then we have our couples retreat in September. And, and those are a blessing, too, for the couples who have attended. So I just, if you want more information, go to the website, blazinggrace.org. And we've got all the information up there and, and how you can uh, put down a deposit and, and hold your place. And so, again, eight rooms two per room, I mean two beds per room, and so there's not going to be a whole lot of space, but um, for those who come, it'll be, a, it'll be a great time of connecting with others and connecting with God. About a, four to six weeks ago, I shared a little, about, a little bit about Robbie Zacharias and how it was beginning to come out in the news that he had been Multiple women had said that he had um, exposed himself to them and done some inappropriate things and massage settings and emails, and and it just came out, I think, a couple weeks ago that Ravi Zacharias Ministries owned up and said, yes, it is true, and he did those things. And it's, it's very heartbreaking to hear that because... I had, you know, I have, I mean, he's not here anymore. He passed away but last year, but this was a man with a strong voice for God, an intellect. He, the guy had more brain power on his pinky than most of us have, you know, on our whole body. And <clears throat> he was an effective apologist, effective fighter for the faith. But to see that he was doing these things, and it was—it was—it wasn't just one woman that came out. It was multiple women over an extended period of time, and and this is the real church. I bring this up because this is the real church, and part of what we try to do is is still is we want to expose what is the real church today, and what are the things we need to look at today, and who are we, and so there's the pseudo church where everybody walks in on Sunday and they act like they got it all together. And then there's the real church where two-thirds of Christian men are viewing pornography and 30% of Christian women are viewing 
pornography and sexting is blowing up in teens and promiscuity is a big problem and a big issue in our youth. Adultery and divorce and all these things are rupturing left and right in the church. So Ravi is us. And the sexual sin that he was engaged in, there is a lot of there's a lot of people that you are sitting next to every Sunday who has this issue. So part I want to do is keep our focus on we have to look at the real church because we cannot have revival, we cannot have healing if we keep pretending everything is good and that all of our problems are outside of the church. You know, if if those darn Democrats or Republicans or whoever you don't like, if they would just do what we want them to do, then you know everything would be fine. That's not even close to the truth. So... In these radio broadcasts, part of what I'm doing is to look at who are we and what is the truth, and let's expose our brokenness so we can come to a place of finding healing. And moving on, I'm a voracious reader, and I'm always reading books. I've always got a stack of books. Christmas time, I'll... My family will say, what do you want? I'll say, ah, just a gift card for Barnes & Noble, and I'm good. Because <laughs> I love to go to go to the bookstore. I mean, it's quiet there, and just peruse. And and sometimes I'll pick two, three, four books up, and then eat them up, and then come back you know, a month or two later. And, and recently I picked up a book called A Woman in Berlin. And I do like historical stories real-life stories, and it's a, the author is anonymous. So when I bought the book, um, that's really the name of the author on the cover is anonymous. She was a woman in Berlin in 1944 when, when the Russians uh, took Berlin, and it's basically her diary over a period of two months. And I, I, looked, I looked at the back cover, but I didn't, you know, I just, Saw that okay, it's a diary of a woman in Berlin. I thought, oh, that'd be interesting, and and I got into the book, and I was um, shocked at what was going on there. And when the Russians stormed into Berlin, the the ten days between the Russians walked into Berlin and when the Germans finally surrendered, there was mass rape going on. Where the Russians, the Russian soldiers were just grabbing German women and and raping them, and that happened to the author of this book. And she picks up the story at one point where there's a bunch of Germans huddled up in the in the basement of an apartment building. They got the doors locked, and because the Russians are going through all the buildings looking for people and looking for doing looting and these type of things. And, and I'm just going to read straight from her book. When she, at this time where she picks it up, she's in the basement with a bunch of other people, men and women, and she opens the door. And then she writes, I step out into the dark corridor. Then they have me. Both men were lying in wait. I scream and scream. I hear the basement door shutting with a dull thud behind me. One of them grabs my wrists and jerks me along the corridor, and the other is pulling me with his hand on my throat so I can no longer scream. And then after that, she tells the story of how two men 
rape her in in a period of minutes. <clears throat> and then after this happens, she writes, I pull myself up on the steps, gather my things, drag myself along the wall toward the basement door. They've locked it from the inside. Open up, I say. I'm all alone. There's no one else. Finally, the two levers open and everyone stares at me. Only then do I realize how I look and she describes how her clothing is messed up and torn up and then I start yelling she writes you pigs here they rape me twice in a row and you shut the door and leave me lying like a piece of dirt and then the the tragic thing is there you have men in that basement room and nobody's standing up for her nobody's trying to intervene they're all just watching or hiding themselves while this woman is being uh, molested. And then another quote, a little later in the book, as she continues to tell stories of other women who have been raped um, during this time, these 10 days, and she writes, in line at the pump, one woman told me how her neighbor, a male, reacted when the Russians fell on her in her basement, and he simply shouted, why don't you just go with them? You're putting us all in danger. And then she writes, this is a footnote to the decline of the West, meaning men have lost their souls. Men have lost their character, their strength, and, and their fight. And there were times when I'm reading this book, and I'm just getting, I can't, I can't, I have to take a break because <laughs> it's just too visceral. It's, um, I mean, she doesn't get way off, out of bounds graphic. I mean, this is her journal, but she gets descriptive enough to where you get the idea of what's going on and and the trauma and I was molested myself at the age of 14 by a female adult family member and so for me um, there's a little bit of an emotional charge there reading all this uh, what she was going through and so I also had to put it down for personal reasons because I was getting mildly triggered a little bit about you know the pain that they go through and and the, and the, but it was really upsetting to read that the men were just sitting there and letting all this happen and and yeah I know and she even mentions that that you know you're you're talking about Russian army men who've got machine guns on their shoulders but still what happened to sacrifice and what happened to um, fighting for those who are weak and. There actually were two minor bright spots. Where she, at one time, she shares a story where there was a, a Russian soldier went up, and by the way, the Russian soldiers are, are grabbing women who are married as well as single, single women, and they grab them from their teens all the way into their 60s. They didn't... Um, there, there was no um, boundaries with who they were grabbing, and... One story, which is the bright spot, was that a Russian soldier went and grabbed a married woman out of the house, and the husband was there, and the husband flipped. And the husband just started running after the soldier and screaming at him, telling him not to take his wife. And the Russian soldier was so stunned, he just let his, the guy's wife go, and he walked away. <laughs> so that shows you what can happen when you're not willing to back down and when you're willing to stand up. And there was another um, tale where another guy hid a couple of women up in the attic 
in his house, and for whatever reason, she says that the Russians didn't like climbing stairs, going up into apartment buildings where there's five, six, seven levels, several stories. So this guy hit he he hit a couple women in his in attic, and they didn't get discovered for that reason, and and they did not get raped, but. There was it was a wide it was widespread and it was horrible to read and I never really understood I didn't know this before I read this book that that was going on there and and some of you might th- be thinking what is he doing talking about rape on the air in a you know a Christian show but you know God's word has stories of rape in there he didn't hold back from that and one easy. Examples when Amnon raped his, his half sister Tamar, that's David's offspring. And it's a horrible traumatic thing. And there are other there are other times when there's tales in God's word where you know armies are marching in and, and the women in the way it says are ravished, raped, and, and so the Bible doesn't hold back from those kind of traumatic stories and and we should not either. And this this show that I'm doing today, I'm calling it The Big Mistake. And the big mistake is when men do nothing, there are enormous consequences. And this has been going on ever since the very beginning in Genesis. So in Genesis 3, I'm going to read, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? So he's already questioning, did God really say that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some up to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And it's... The enemy attacks Eve, and Adam is standing there, and he does nothing, and he says nothing, with devastating consequences. The God's word calls the wife the weaker vessel. This is not meant to be a slight on women. Physically and emotionally, many of them are weaker, softer. They're nurturing, they're caring. We who are men and our husbands are called to fight for our families, fight for our marriages, and fight for our countries. And we're given this command in Nehemiah 4.14 when Nehemiah says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And we see this all the time in the ministry where women email us, and, and I'm going to read an email right now, where one, one wife emailed me and said, finding freedom from sexual sin always involves action. Men who talk about going to support groups or doing the other things that must be done 
but never take action or just lying to themselves. And she hits it dead on. And we see this all the time where a wife says, I'm dying, I'm torn up, my self-esteem is shredded, but my husband, he's admitted that he's got this problem with porn or adultery or whatever it is, but he's not going to do anything about it. He just says, well, me and God, we got this, or, or, you know, I can handle this on my own. Meanwhile, they've been married for 10, 20, 30 years, and the guy's, and their marriage is a train wreck. And I will say this very clearly, it is impossible to break free from deep bondage to any kind of sexual sin or bondage. It doesn't need to be deep. I mean, porn addiction is like having a snake grab onto your, on your hand and that sinks both fangs into you. You cannot shake that loose without some help. And so if you want, if you're serious about making a difference, if you're serious about breaking free, you can't sit there and lie in the weeds and, and expect it's going to happen. There are no silver bullets to this game. You have to go to war and you have to realize there's a battle for your marriage and for your heart and for your walk with God. So if you're a man and you're listening to me and you've been making that big mistake I've been talking about where you've been doing nothing and letting sexual sin and the enemy have its way with you, then today this needs to stop. Otherwise, you're just going to keep screwing up your life and screwing up your marriage. So we have a newcomers group. Tim Peterson, who is a wonderful guy, he's a pastor and a counselor, leads it, very grace-filled. The guy just, you know, he wraps wraps his arm around people and walks with them into the love of God and so we got a newcomers group. It's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. You can email us today and get set up to be a part of it. For those who are ready to go out and have some significant change, you're in serious. We have an eight-week eight men's course where for eight weeks you're paired up with another man, and there are usually four to six men in the group. And then these are all by phone, by the way, so don't think this is for Phoenix only. These are, these are by phone. These are phone groups. And you pair you up with another man. You work four or five assignments a week. You're calling another guy once a day. You're breaking up the isolation. You're praying with another guy once a, once a day. And the guys who see this all the way through the end in those eight weeks, they have make significant progress. So if you're one of those men who's making that big mistake, please don't do that anymore. Um, you're gonna be what you are right now is a part of the corruption of the church that I mentioned the Robbie Zacharias's at the very beginning of this show. Do not sit there and let this own you. Start by making some changes and, and get a hold of us or go to, you know, if you got a local group, you'd rather go that instead, fine. But do not sit there and do nothing like this woman has described in her book in Berlin while, you know, they're getting repeatedly raped. But there's other, I'm not just talking to those who are in bondage, too. There are a lot of men who are on the sidelines, and we are a church at war, and you're watching the whole thing collapse, and it is collapsing, slowly but surely. And you have very little in the way of prayer life. Maybe you're a pastor, and you're not equipping people in these issues. You're not fighting for your people. You're not showing them how to be spiritual warriors. That's, gonna, that's not going to help. That's going to keep the cracks and the flaws and the brokenness and the pain and the bondage. That's going to keep all of it. So today has to be, and I see a lot of people on, on you know, social media and they, they post these trite little f- 
cliches. Rise up. Well, tell me what rise up means. I'm telling you today what rise up means. I'm giving you action steps to take. You have to start getting engaged in the battle. You start start throwing yourself into a prayer life. You have to start going after God hard. No man and no woman is greater than their prayer life. So if you want to make an impact in this in this world, if you want to make an impact for eternity, you have to have a deep, profound, consistent prayer life. That, that's the very beginning. And then pastors, you, we have to start challenging our congregations. We have to start opening th- these things up and then bringing people to a place where we equip them and not just say, the Bible says, this is sin, don't do it. Show them what that means and show them how to break free. So thank you for joining us, and I'll see you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.